friends, enemies, humans, and other intelligences. It's Valentine's Day, and I am bringing you the fire from avoiding entropy. I am Tumultuous, and I am your host. On this podcast, I configure perceptions. In fact, I have named myself the Perception Configurer. I'm not even sure if that's a correct word, but if it's not, it is now. And just like I've associated myself with the word tumultuous, I'm going to tack in that perception configurer thing. Because I realize if I boiled it down, that's pretty much what I do more than anything else, is I reconfigure or I change people's perceptions. And not necessarily just change as in abolish the old one and implant the new one. I add to your perception way of seeing things from a different angle. That's very important, because perception is reality, at the end of the day, with anything you think. For example, if you walk into a restaurant, and before you sit down, you decide to wash your hands, as you should, before you eat, and upon washing your hands, you walk into the bathroom, and you notice that the bathroom is absolutely disgusting. There's pee on the floor, no one's been in here for days, no toilet paper, but the rest of the restaurant looks nice. They always say that the restaurant kitchen matches the restaurant bathroom, which is actually true for the most part, and I can tell you that from experience because I've been in quite a few of both. So what do you think? Even if you didn't know that little rule, and you would just see the bathroom being the way it is, the perception that you have of the restaurant is that it's gross. Even if you were halfway through your meal and then you went to the bathroom and noticed the same exact disarray and, you know, neglect, you would find it gross. You wouldn't like it. You would be disgusted because your perception of that restaurant is the bathroom. And that is reality for you. Now, no matter what you do, no matter how nice the waiter is or the server, no matter how delicious the drinks are, no matter how good the steak is, cooked to your perfectly liking, you're going to have in the back of your mind that gross and dirty bathroom. And no matter what, maybe you won't leave a bad review, hopefully not. But you might never come back because your perception is your reality. Now that is just a figure of speech. It's a way of saying something to make an example. But perception is reality goes a lot further than you think. Because, in a sense, how how should I put this? In a sense, we're all programming ourselves every day. Think of yourself not as a growing human being, but as an accelerating program. Because it's easy to understand it that way. What is a growing human being? It's a person that gets bigger, cells multiply. You don't want to talk about any of that stuff. And if you do, I'll save it for another episode. But this one, you're an accelerating program. A program that constantly grows and learns and accelerates. Accelerates meaning it works faster. It deduces and it comes up to answers or come up with answers quicker the more knowledge it gains. And it's kind of like flying an airplane. Um, Basically, flying an airplane is never in a straight line. It's a series of constant self-corrections. Because there's wind, because you're in the middle of the air and you're flying at a high altitude, the plane never really goes in a straight line, per se. 
much like a snowboard or a ski on ice. You can go in a straight line, but eventually you will screw yourself over. So it's always good when you're snowboarding or skiing to stay on one edge or the other, which is why they go back and forth. On the airplane, it's the same thing. You're always slightly correcting to go against the wind or with it or what have you. It's the same thing with your mind, with your life. Everything you do is a self-correction to your subconscious. You might not know it. In fact, you probably don't know most of this, but your subconscious remembers and stores everything that you do inside your brain or your mind. Not necessarily putting it forth every time you need it, but eventually, yes. So somebody that experienced a traumatic experience, for instance, like a PTSD moment, you know, he was in the middle of battle, combat, you know, and he saw somebody die, get blown up into pieces. And that stayed with him because it shocked him. So the subconscious now says, holy shit, man, you almost died. Every time you hear a loud noise, you better run for cover because you might die again. The subconscious doesn't know that you're no longer in combat and that it's different. You've programmed yourself so strongly. You've, made, you've put such a red flag on that emotion or that sound that your subconscious will now play it for you and play the emotion that is associated with the memory because they, we've discovered recently that that is how exactly how it works. Your emotions are linked to memories. Our memories are linked to emotions. It's the same thing. So if you think of a happy moment in your life, you will start feeling happy in general. So for instance, if you always wanted a pony, for example, when you were a kid and your parents finally got you that pony, that excitement, that joy, that sheer bliss you were experiencing, even if it was only for five minutes, if you could think about that and dwell in that moment every day for 20 minutes, you will unequivocally lead a happier life. That is a proven fact. So everything you're doing is a series of these small little self-corrections. And the thing is, the tricky thing about it is, you don't notice them because you're you. Just like if you haven't seen someone in four years and all of a sudden they grew out their hair, you're like, holy crap, your hair is way longer or much different. That person doesn't notice so much because it's been them. They've been looking at themselves in the mirror this whole time. If you have a child, if you haven't seen your kid in a week, God forbid that ever happens to you, but just so if it does, your kid grew like three years in a week. Oh my God. But to the kid, it's the same. You know, it's the same thing with what you do. So every action that you take, you slowly start changing your trajectory of life, of the way you perceive things to a different direction. Little by little, you stray or advance to your new destination or your new trajectory. Whether they're good or bad, that's up to you to decide or the world, but it happens nonetheless. So a way for you to keep track of this and to stay focused is to leave yourself clues, leave yourself notes. But the more important thing is to read these notes and these clues over and over again. So if you have a social media account, I always say, go back to your first picture ever posted. It'll only take you about two hours, depending, you know. If you have too many, then skip ten. And look at every picture. And don't look at the picture and remember the time and what you were doing. Because it's all, it's all in the picture. Try to remember what's not in the picture. Try to remember what you were thinking at that moment. Who you were. And if there's a problem you're facing today, what that person would have done to solve it. 
before the kid or before the marriage or before whatever it is that's happened to you in that time. Because you'll learn a lot from your past self. In fact, you'll learn a lot of what you're not anymore because of that. You'll look at your past self and you would say, for example, holy shit, I never would have had the balls to do that back then, but now I do, or the opposite way. Wow, I was so reckless back then. Why am I such a little wimp now? Well, you, I don't know. Why are you? Because you've deviated so far, little by little, that you haven't noticed, and here you are. Nice big pansy, you know? <laughs> That's just a joke, but it isn't a joke because what I try to do with people is I try to open their eyes and their minds to the fact that no matter how smart you may be, how intelligent you are, how many things you know, without teaching you anything new and giving you new information, I could just simply show you how to look at the things you know from a different aspect, thus gaining more depth and volume on them. So if you're looking at something straight on and if you you know look at it from a slightly different angle, the shade will be different and you can see more of the object if it is an object. So that's what I try to do but with daily life. So it's not that I'm argumentative. Sometimes I am if I feel that people are wrong. But it's not that I'm argumentative, but I just try to put, paint a different picture. If you show me a sphere, I'll show you why it's a circle. If you show me a circle, I'll show you why it's a sphere and how it could be a sphere. And then what I try to implore or urge is for people to keep that going. Well, it's not a sphere. It's what if it's a cone? You're right. Yes, keep going. Why is it a cone? It's good to first guess, but it's also good to have that perception and a definition for why you believe that perception is true. So I implore you today, as sure as you hear my voice right now, to try things differently. Look at things from a different angle. Experience life as a different person. Because believe it or not, you already are. And you will be tomorrow. Just as long as you remember who you were today. Thank you for listening. So as an introduction, that was a small perception shift activity that you can do. One of the ways to uh, apply this is to do physical things. For example, if you're a righty, just live a day that you're lefty. And you might look foolish and you might look stupid, but then there'll be also a good reason to exercise why you don't give a fuck about what people think about you. Because you shouldn't, really. The only person that should matter to you is the opinion of you and the people you hold dear, which should be maybe a handful of people. Yes, there's thousands of people that say I have six best friends. Well, the definition of best is one, just one. It implies one person. Because if you're the best, there's only one of you. Because if there's two of you, one of you was not the best. You understand? So that was a good thing to do if you just want to start seeing different perceptions. In terms of lucid dreaming, and that's where we were going with this, is you have to be able to see your dream and realize that you're dreaming but without being scared. So people say sleep paralysis. Oh my God, I'm so afraid. I get so nervous. I have beings and entities watching me and things like that. Let me tell you something. I've said this before, but just to reiterate, if people are new, if you see things out of the corner of your eye that shouldn't be there, first of all, you don't really see them because when you avert your eye to it, it disappears. But were you sure there's something there? Were you absolutely sure? Yes, I was. Okay, it was. Let me tell you something. There was. There are things that are right outside of our imagination. Like If you could see everything that is actually happening, you would lose your mind, most likely, or most people would. 
Because there are so many things that are constantly in our faces, in our personal space, in our lives that we can't see just because we can't see the light spectrum. Forget about ghosts and ghouls and goblins. There's different dimensions that are stacked right on top of us. We just have no idea. And the things we th- we dismiss as a wind or or a, a weird light flickering is something completely different. There could be a nuclear war going on and you would have no idea just because you're in a different dimension. And yes, it's true. It's very hard to understand. But a dream world is a way to get close to it. Almost like look at it through a window. So people say that uh, there's entities watching me. Okay, so let them fucking watch. What's the problem? Do they hurt you? No. Have you ever woken up with scratches or bruise marks? Some people say yes, but often, more often than not, they're self-inflicted during their sleep. They just don't remember. Does something Can something attack you repeatedly in your dreams? Yes, it can. But at the end of the day, it's still your imagination and your brain controlling it. What you have to understand is, I always say that you should control your change or your change will control you. You can be possessed by an evil spirit. But that's exactly what it is. You are possessed. It allow, you allow it to go inside and control you like a robot. It's your brain. You were given this body. You were given this mind. You were given this brain. It's yours. How What you do with it is whatever. you. If you want to leave the keys in your car, chances are it might get stolen. If you leave the keys in a car in a bad neighborhood, there's a very good chances you're going to get stolen. You know. If you lock your car, maybe not. But that's the same thing here. Know who you are and know exactly where you stand and know what you want. Because indecision and that doubt is exactly what's going to take things that know how to get inside of your car, quote-unquote, and steal it to do that. Because to a car thief, a key in ignition is either a bait for a trap or just a lucky ticket. And 99.9% of the times, it's the latter. You know? Nobody really wants to fight a demon after they let them in. I don't know very, very many people that do that. But I do know people that have been possessed by these creatures. And not like possession in terms of exorcism. But possession, like, they don't, they're not the same person anymore. And lots of people think it's drugs. People think it's this and that. It's depression. It's not. It's literally another consciousness coming in, taking over your shit, little by little, and then just kicking you out. It's multiple personality disorder when the other personality wins. Which is very, very sad to see. Because at the end of the day, it's your mind that you can control it. And it's as easy as that. It's as easy as that. The only problem is some people are already too far in to be able to go back so easily. Well, you've gotten this far by letting, by being going astray. You know, it's not going to be an easy to road back, but it is possible because it is your mind. When I take the Robert Monroe gateway orientation, he always says that it is your mind and your energy. Nothing can hurt you. But then he makes you form a protection balloon. He makes you put all of your worries and concerns away before you go. And he does this all protection stuff before. So why the fuck are you telling me that I shouldn't be worried if I'm doing all these protection techniques, you know, you know, uh, exercises? Well, because it is your own brain, but there are things that can affect it. Because if you let them in, they will fuck you up. If you if you let a robber into your house, he's going to rob your house. If you don't, he might rob your house. But if you let him in, he's definitely going to rob your house. So just know that yes, you are powerful. Yes, it is your brain, but you got to take care of it. You have to be able to know exactly what you want and what you do not want happening. So if you do see something out of the corner of your eye next time, don't be afraid. And if you are afraid, you turn to where you saw that thing and you say, what the fuck are you doing in my house? 
Get the fuck out of here. You're not welcome. What's the worst that can happen? Your parents think you're crazy because you're talking to yourself? Or you what? You're alone in your house? Ever somebody will think you're crazy? Nobody's going to think you're crazy. And if they do, just say that you heard it from some dude at a podcast. And they could call me crazy. See, most people are so afraid of what's cool and what's not cool, what to do, what not to do, what's going to make them look better in front of other people, that they don't do the things that are important. You have to address problems in your life. And I mean literally address them, like turn to them and talk. Speech and speaking is a great way to bring your energy out. In fact, incantations are exactly that. They're spells that you say that cause changes in your physical environment. So addressing a problem verbally first before actually solving it is a great way to go about it. I think it's the only way you should go about it. Just like when you're in depression and you get in your own head and you twist and turn the story so much that something that started with a broken window is now going to end in suicide. And that has happened before because if you are in your own head, no one's there to tell you to stop. But if you voice your concern, if you voice your anxiety, I am depressed because... I am sad because I am angry because the bus driver made too many stops. Wait a minute. Hang on a second. Wait, 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 wait. That's silly. Yes, because you rationalize things when you speak, say them out loud. You hear someone else say them and you're like, what are you talking about? But if there's nobody around you to say them, you should say them to yourself at least. And if you see something out of the corner of your eye, you should ask it what the fuck it's doing in your house. Like I said, worst case scenario, we already went over. Best case scenario, there is something at the corner of your eye, and you turn to it, and you ask it what the hell it's doing in your house, and it freaks the fuck out. Holy shit, this thing just looked at me. It's not supposed to see me. How does it know I'm here? How is it talking to me? And you'd be like, yeah, I'm fucking talking to you. Get out of my house. And that's when it would leave and never come back, because it would, it would be scared shitless. Think about it. Think about if you were an entity that popped in and out of humans' uh peripheral vision just because to feed off of their energy of fear because if you showed yourself you know yourself to these humans they would be scared at first but after a while they would know that you can't do anything to them other than feed off of their fear so they would stop being afraid and then you're you would be powerless and you would die because you would have no energy to feed on so what do you do you stay mysterious pop in and out scare them little by little and just nibble but one day this human being just looks at you and says what the fuck are you doing in my house holy shit i'd be scared shitless you know, I mean, if you think about it, it kind of sounds like nonsense. But then again, so did flying at one point. You know, so did quantum physics at one point. And so did the round earth theory at one point. So I leave you here with this. Don't be afraid to talk to your problems. Because if anyone's listening, it's them. Hello, everybody. Avoiding entropy, tumultuous. How you doing? Let me tell you something about art. Before the pandemic happened, I was working in a restaurant in Manhattan as an executive sous chef, which isn't the position I'd like, but the guy above me was transferred from another location and he'd had seniority in the company. And I'm glad he did because he was a nice dude. I still talk to him sometimes. This restaurant was the is, well, I'm sure maybe it's not anymore, but was the highest grossing steakhouse on the planet and the highest grossing restaurant in America. There are several other restaurants that uh, made more money than this one did per year because of they were nightclubs at night and things like that. For seven years straight, they made $39.9 million. 
So you could imagine the amount of fun I had working there. Or as other people would call it, pressure. Because it's a high-end steakhouse. A table of five with some wine could go up to $8,000 real quick. Mariano Rivera had his graduation ceremony. <laughs> For his retirement, they made these um, crystal uh, baseballs. And they gave one to the server, who then put it on eBay just to see how much he would go for that same night. And I think it started with $11,000. So you could imagine the t caliber of people that were working there and going there. And it's nothing to say that they were better or not, even though some of them thought that they were better than others. It's just to tell you that people that worked there and went there were serious about what they were doing in general. Just specifically speaking. Um, general specific, right? Yeah. Where I'm getting to is that there was artwork that covered the walls. Not completely, but just enough for a nice touch. And most of it was abstract. Um, there was a general manager who no longer is employed there that used to work there as, far, as well as other um, locations. And he picked out the artwork by hand. And I believe the, the total amount of the worth was about thirty dollars or $40,000 of all the pieces of art. The biggest one was a 15-foot canvas of dark gray, olive, brown, and black paint, which looked to have been smeared on by a broom. And this is no, you know, Pollock, squiggly line type thing. This was just abstract art. And I often look at this art because I would go down to the bathroom, I would walk through the halls of the restaurant, go into the back, you know, I always look at it and I thought to myself, you know, I could paint something like this. This can't be that hard to paint. Because it was just a bunch of bullshit, if you ask me. I'm no artist. I do have paints in my house with brushes and I have put them on a canvas before. Let's put it that way. Do I have formal training? No, I don't. I can't paint a portrait of a person. I could maybe draw you a nice cube. But if I draw it with three different types of paint, one of them ultraviolet, the other one... um thermochromatic, and maybe some acrylic, I can get you a pretty cool effect that you've never seen before. But you don't have to be a painter for that. You just have to have a brain that works in different ways. Perceptions is what we're talking about here. Different perceptions. So I thought to myself, I could paint something and hang it on the walls, I bet, and nobody would notice. And then I thought to myself, well, why don't I? Who's going to know in this giant restaurant with all these people employed here if I come in the middle of the night, or if I bring a painting in, leave it in my car, and then when I'm closing the restaurant, I'm the last one out, I would just hang it on a wall real quick. Nobody would see it. Would anyone notice it the next day? Would anyone walk by and say, that abstract art is bullshit, and this other abstract art is amazing? That was clearly an imposter. Maybe. Who knows? Now was time for me to pick the spot. The spot that I wanted was the spot that everyone walks by but doesn't really notice too much. And sure enough, I found one right up right away up from the bathroom and the thing is is the paintings in the restaurant were um framed in this golden metallic like modernish frame and i didn't have any golden metallic things and i wanted to do it overnight so what i did was i took a piece of uh, wood cut it into four pieces made myself a little frame and spray painted it gold and in fact it looked very very similar to the paintings that were there in terms of framework the painting i made was a painting of mine 
that wasn't really a painting. What I do is I overpaint. I start with something and then I end up all the way in Timbuktu until I'm like, wow, what am I doing? So I throw some alcohol on it, um, rubbing alcohol, not on my liver, on the canvas, and then I wipe it off. Or I take a palette knife and I wipe it off. Canvas is pretty sturdy, as I've come to find out, and could take a, a beating when it comes to uh, putting paint on and off. Which is why oftentimes you see these paintings with these backgrounds that are strange colored. It's because the artist fucked up so many times. He's just done it over and he was finally happy with it. Or somebody finally told him to stop. Because <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the first one that's done this. So it was one of those paintings. I started with painting something uh, like a blue sky. So the color was nice. But then I overdid it with the mountains. And then it was gray. And then blah, 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 blah. So what I did was I came home and I poured some uh, isopropyl on it. Let it seep in. And then I scraped it off with a palette knife. And what happened was it gave this texture of like darkness and light between the the background of it being like scratched open and things like that then i added some gold flakes in here i made it look like a professional abstract art piece if i could make anything that was resembling that and i hung it in this one little spot overnight just like i had planned now was the waiting game i guess was somebody gonna notice now there's 300 people in the front of house schedule and 75 people in the back of house schedule all walk by this one painting. So out of these nearly 400 people, somebody certainly should have noticed and told me about it. But I didn't hear anything for days. I kept walking by the goddamn thing, looking at it myself, and nobody even noticed. So now I'm thinking to myself, nobody's noticing this because it looks just like the other pieces. It fits right in. It blends in. And I should have taken that compliment, but no, no, no. I wanted somebody to notice my shit and say it was better than the other ones now. Because now I'm getting cocky and I'm thinking I could sell my painting for $7,000. <laughs> so I started telling people, which was my mistake. Eventually I got to one of the managers, well, one of the assistant managers that was on my level of rank and didn't really like me, I guess, too much. And obviously told me that he, he actually, when he called me up, he asked me if I uh, hung a painting in the in the hallway and I was like what painting are you fucking serious dude do I look like a painter to you bro and he's like, I'm just saying I'm just, I don't have time to be taking down paintings I was like well did you take it down he's like yeah so I was like well I, clearly you do have time to pay, take down paintings you know kind of like but I didn't paint it I'm just saying like whoever did you know <laughs> he stashed it for two days and then it would disappear I don't know where it is now one of the servers told me that it was the most wonderful thing he's ever seen but I think he had a crush on me so I think it was biased the, pain, the point I'm trying to uh, convey here, ladies and gentlemen, is perception is everything. Okay, abstract art is bullshit. It is 100% bullshit. Because if it doesn't look like a portrait of a person, you didn't mimic reality in your painting. But then again, art, first and foremost, is a form of self-expression. So it could be bullshit, but if you're expressing yourself on that canvas, the whole world is bullshit, and that's truth. And I stand by that 100%. Which is why you should never really compare yourself to professionals. You should never compare yourself to people that are lower than you in your opinion or higher. You should just look in the mirror and ask that person what he can do to make him and the world around them a little bit better today. Period. And if you want to paint, goddammit, paint. If you want to dance, dance like no one's watching. And if you want to sing, do it from your diaphragm because your voice sounds a little nasally if you don't. Happy thinking, friends. I'll see you soon.